I'm Sierra Reed Langston, and this is the HIPAA Critical Podcast. Have you ever wondered how to streamline high trust SOC 2 as well as other certifications and attestations? Well, in this episode, that is what you'll find out. We're going to explain how to streamline the process of developing policies and procedures, how to conduct a gap assessment and risk assessment, how to facilitate instance response exercises, how to upload evidence and meet with auditors. If your organization is lacking mature security policies, has no real internal compliance expertise, or if you're being pressured to certify quickly by an external party, this is the episode for you. Today, I'm talking with Brian Klein, owner and compliance and standards practice lead at Web Adams. Brian, we are so very excited to have you speak at Pawlock Springs Summit on April 6th on a panel alongside Michael Prezi, Vice President of Business Development and Adoption at Hytrust, Michael Mead, who is the Chief Operating Officer at the Medical Cost Saving Solution, and Howard Rosen, CEO and founder of LifeWire. You guys will be discussing regulations as it relates to the future of healthcare. If you're listening, you have not registered, you can register for free and hear Brian speak. Go ahead and shoot myself an email at sierra at pawbox.com, S-I-E-R-R-A at pawbox.com, and I will make sure that you get registered. So Brian, thanks again for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And do you mind providing some background on Web Adams? Sierra, thank you uh, for inviting me to do this podcast. Uh, so Web Adams is a veteran-owned business. Uh, we're based out of Central Florida. Team is comprised of cybersecurity and policy professionals. We're all versed in designing, managing security, privacy, and compliance programs. We've added former assessors, auditors uh, to really bring balance to our team, ensure that we're aligned with the latest standards, uh, and by extension, ensure our clients pass uh, any of their audits or attestations without any kind of issue. Basically, our goal at Web Adams is to provide a white glove uh, compliance service to our clients from cradle to grave, meaning we develop policies and procedures, we conduct the gap assessment, conduct the risk assessment facilitate incident response exercises, upload evidence, basically anything to uh, meet uh, our auditor's demands. Okay. Uh, core focus, high trust, ISO 2701, SOC 2 certifications, and any attestations as well. Okay, great. And because I used to work for high trust, I'm very familiar with high trust and SOC 2. And again, I'm so excited to hear you speak with Michael Parisi um, of high trust at the summit. And Brian, can you very get- Very excited as well. Yeah. And can you give our listeners some background on yourself and your focus specifically? Yep. Yep. Of course. Um, so graduated Drexel University, uh, Philadelphia, PA. I uh, joined the U.S. Army uh, immediately after graduating as a counterintelligence agent. Wow. Uh, it set me up for my my first job after leaving the military. Uh, worked for one of the largest defense contractors out there. I was conducting physical and vulnerability assessments on U.S. military bases. And again, physical vulnerability assessment. So that meant I was actually hopping fences, literally oh, wow. climbing into dumpsters with trash and everything, all in the name of trying to steal sensitive documents. I am looking for that confidential, secret type documents. Uh, little did I know as I was sitting in those dumpsters that I was really setting myself up for a career in policy and management. After leaving the defense contractor, I started and, and spent a decade and a half pretty much writing security policies and procedures for entire branches of the U.S. government, all in the name of trying to protect against what I was doing, meaning protect against the threat actors uh, that are trying to steal uh, sensitive documents. Uh, from there, a few years ago, decided to, to leave the federal space, went private. So here I am now, uh, owner and uh, compliance and standards practice lead at Web Adams. Yeah, that's great. And you know, you were dumpster diving. You no one could say that you were not committed, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the Web Adams team is composed of former offensive cyber operators, intelligence officers, security and compliance experts. How does this set you guys apart from your competitors? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, we bring the right balance between tactical and strategic value. Our, our cyber intelligence team members, uh, they actually bring real world uh, frontline experience combating threats, uh, either physically, again, jumping into dumpsters or in the cyberspace behind the, behind the keyboard or whatnot. They have defended against terrorists, criminals, insider threats, uh, and and when the situation called for it, they were on the offense and and again doing the the, the bad things. Uh, they truly are experts in the field. Uh, however, it is my experience that operators tend to avoid policymaking at all costs. It only obstructs the mission. It only slows them down. As even you know, as a brief aside, one of our team members had recently told me. When anyone starts talking about policies, they get itchy and they start oh, breaking yeah. the hives. So they avoid policies at all costs. So therefore, to, to really try to bring balance to our team, we hire policy and compliance experts. They mm-hmm. are the head down, see the world in black and white, truly professionals. These policy and re- regulation professionals, they know exactly what the clients need. Uh, they have the standards. They have the regulations. They do everything that our client needs to be required uh, to meet their compliance goals. What appears, though, to be kind of opposite skill sets and those offensive operators and those, you know, head down compliance professionals, uh, it truly brings a great deal of balance to our teams in the security compliance and risk space. Okay, great. Thanks so much for going into a great deal detail with that. Who is your ideal client or customer? I, ideal client customer? I, I would say, I mean, the organizations that lack mature security uh, policies, they have no real internal compliance expertise. Organizations that are being pressured to certify quickly by an external party, those are the clients where we provide the most value. I know it seems negative, but it's where we can provide the the most to them. Uh, We have worked with small startups out of their garages. Uh, We've worked with large publicly traded companies in almost every single vertical that's out there. They all have their own challenges from being a blank canvas from a security perspective, which requires a lot of resources to implement security to multi-decade old rigid corporations that have a ton of security controls, but also extremely resistant to, to change. So there really is no ideal client, in my opinion. There are, though, some, some qualities that I, I do find make certification readiness process go much smoother. Some of those qualities, uh, leadership buy-in. I mean, you, you always kind of hear it, it sounds cliche, but having that open communications with the leaders from our client uh, throughout the entire process really alleviates uh, pain points, avoid surprises, fosters a partnership as opposed to providing just a, a check the box type service. Other things that are that are really important to me to a, to a, an ideal client is that client having realistic expectations. I mean, for instance, high trust uh, requirements uh, state that organizations never have to send unencrypted sensitive information via email. For for those clients that only deal with sensitive information. For, for healthcare, for, for instance, uh, writing a policy that prohibits sending sensitive information is probably not a realistic option and provides minimum risk mitigation. Uh, it doesn't make sense. However, having a client that understands implementing a HIPAA compliant tool, email encryption tool like Palbox, it, it's simply the smart thing to do. And what industry standards do you guys provide ongoing support for? I know we mentioned high trust and SOC 2, but what else? Those three, definitely. Clients uh, are, are U.S. government clients. Uh, we do provide CMMC readiness as that 
certification is still kind of in the launch phase. So we are preparing clients for that or FedRAMP readiness services. Some not necessarily in the certification space, but you want to kind of test and be compliant with. We do do some some privacy things, GDPR, HIPAA, CCPA, FERC, NERC, PCI DSS, NIST Cybersecurity Framework. You name an acronym, we probably are are touching it or can prepare you in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Okay, fabulous. And what do companies seek you out for assistance? Like, why do they reach out to you? What challenges are they trying to overcome? The majority of our clients, it's it's two reasons. They either have a, a lack of resources on their side, or it's the speed of execution of how quickly they need to be compliant, or they need that certification, they need that gold star at the end of the day. I'll start with the speed of requirement first. Uh, typical call from a protective uh, perspective client generally always starts the same way. They have a large contract. It's dependent on them being high trust certified, depending on them being ISO 2701 certified, or they promised a client that said, I told them last year in my risk assessment that I was going to be ISO certified by the end of 2020. However, it's 2021 and I haven't even started at risk of losing a large con- contract. So to combat this, uh, Web Adams, we've really eliminated all the excess processes, services that are not getting you closer to that gold star, are not getting you certified. We've eliminated that. We've streamlined that. I uh, try to remove all the waste and be as efficient as possible. The other thing, again, as I said, uh, of the lack of resources, they just don't have that human capital to prepare for the certification. They have full-time jobs, and usually it's, a, it's an army of one. It's one person wearing many hats and trying to stuff certification onto them just right. doesn't make sense. So they they look at someone like Web Adams. So we provide that single tier of service, thorough, exceptional. Again, we write those tailored policies, procedures. We conduct those risk assessments. We lead the incident response exercise, respond to all the auditor's requests, upload evidence. We can really lead their, their team through everything. And we try to really take that heavy lifting as, as much as possible. All right. And what are the key components to a resilient security program? Resilient security program, uh, I, I've used this example for some of my clients to try to explain it. If you could imagine a pyramid in your mind, if you even close your eyes and imagine a pyramid, at the base of the pyramid, uh, even before you lay that that first stone or you know, you, you have the, the soil, you have the earth, the, the, the sand, whatever you're building this pyramid on, that goes back to that leadership buy-in. They truly are the foundation. They are the rock bed, they're the driving force to the tallest pyramid that you ever want to build. But then at the same point with a pencil whip, they can also topple that largest pyramid ever as well. So you need to have that that leadership buy-in before you even really try to build a resilient security program. After that, creating that that strong foundation, going back to, to my roots, is you have those sturdy building blocks. That's your documentation. You have policies, you have procedures, something that everyone can come back to that really starts really trying to set up the rest of the pyramid. It truly determines the, the shape of the pyramid. You're going to have a, a tall, skinny pyramid. You're going to have a, a fat, wide, you know, short pyramid. It's everything that goes into your security program. Lastly, then, the, the different layers uh, that you have in there, you start adding security training. You start adding incident uh, exercises, risk assessments, and then any other additional tools that really are there to, to mitigate any kind of risks. Uh, each layer is important though. I mean, no, no layer is really more important than, than any other, but they all depend on each other. Understanding that each component uh, cannot be stovepiped, uh, can't be independent from each other, really helps uh, to build a security program that, that really can 
you know, like a pyramid, stand the test of time. So as a a visual learner, I am too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it really kind of helps me have that, that, that pyramid, you know, shape. And and it's really kind of helped me explain, you know, what a resilient program looks to, to a, you know, C-suite and executives of the company. Yeah, that was an absolutely fabulous example. I started to close my eyes and visualize what you were talking about. So I'm sure that was useful for our listeners as well. Brian, thanks again. And listeners, thank you again for joining the Hypocritical Podcast. Our next virtual conference is called Product Spring Summit 2021, Secure Communication for Testing and Vaccination in a Pandemic. And as I mentioned, it will take place um, on April 6th and will be virtual. The event is completely free and you will again have the opportunity to hear um, Brian speak as well as a whole slew of other amazing speakers. We are also now doing Zoom social mixers that will be monthly. It is a place for networking for our customers and non-customers. Each attendee will receive booze of their choice sent to you before the two-hour virtual event. Attendance is free and if you'd like to attend, please send an email to sierraatpawbox.com. Our next one is on 325. As a reminder, you can listen to other podcasts at pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks again and see you next time.